Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Yo, what's up? The Geeky Coach back for another episode of the Geeky Coach Reviews. This one on The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 6, Guns for Hire. So, overall, I'm going to start off with just... This is probably my least favorite episode of the season so far. And that's not to say that it's a bad episode. And in fact, I think it does another great job of continuing to build the Star Wars lore, the Star Wars universe. And I think that at the end of the episode, we get the the result we're looking for. But overall, this episode met that adventure of the week criteria that I just felt didn't really like deliver on the momentum of everything else, but they did a great job of bringing it back. And I think Bryce Dallas Howard does another great job of uh, directing this episode as she's done several, several in the past. And, you know, it's not that I didn't like the way the episode was shot. It's not that I didn't like the way the action was directed. I just didn't like the story. And so kind of kicking off with the beginning of the episode, we are introduced to a Quarren uh, who is being pursued by the Mandalorians that had broken off from Bo-Katan. And what we find is that the Quarren has absconded with a Mon Calamari prince who she's in love with. <laughs> and so we've got a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet situation to kind of start off the episode. But at the end of the day, the Mandalorians rescue the Mon Calamarian prince and they kind of go about their way. And what we find is that the Mandalorians who had split off from Bo-Katan led by Axe Woves, I think is what it is, uh, are running protection for a planet on the outer rim, which funny enough is run by an ex Imperial and a Royal family proclaiming to be, the only direct democracy in the Outer Rim. And so Bo-Katan and Din kind of journey to this planet. Uh, They are approaching the Mandalorian fleet. They both know that in order to retake Mandalore and in order to bring the Mandalorians back together, that they're going to have to secure this fleet and secure the buy-in of those in the fleet. But then... They are redirected to kind of what is the royal city. And what I will say about the episode is, you know, for two huge cameos that aren't um, advertised at all, I mean, it's a good show. Like, so you find out that the person who is running the planet is now married to a member of the royal family from the planet, and he's an ex-imperial. And so he's been in the same amnesty program that we saw witness of, you know, a few episodes back. And this leader is Jack Black doing Jack Black things, which personally I don't necessarily like agree with in Star Wars. I don't necessarily think that it fits Star Wars, but it wasn't too over the top. Yes, there are some, you know, Jack Black mannerisms and those kind of things that just feel a little out of place. But honestly, you know, the whole planet and the whole people of the planet fell out of place. And that's not even the biggest cameo in my mind. It is actually the secondary cameo to the person who is basically the uh, constable or the security administrator for the planet, which is played by none other than Christopher Lloyd. 
And so seeing Christopher Lloyd back on TV, kind of in, you know, a sci-fi fantasy type genre is, is always a good time. And, you know, no, there were no 1.21 gigawatts or anything like that. But we do get, you know, some Chris Lloyd mannerisms and those kind of things. And so at the end of the day, this royal family and this the, the leadership of the planet are asking the Mandalorians for help, asking more specifically Din Djarin and Bo-Katan for help. And then at that point, once they receive their help, they'll let them go talk to the Mandalorians that are kind of stationed and hired as protective custody. And that's where it really felt kind of adventure of the week to me. It felt where a lot of the other, what I'll call side quests of this season have felt is that they were natural and kind of free flowing. This one felt forced. And this felt anybody who's ever played any kind of role playing game, any kind of video or role playing video game, like, oh, I think I have to go here. But when I get there, I have to go do six other things. And that's that's pretty much what you're left with here. Now, I will say, again, fair amount of good lore drop. I do enjoy the fact that we are spending time in places kind of just within the universe. And so this planet is, you know, a planet that had been really havoced by the Empire. And now it's a city of opulence and wealth. And people don't work because they have droids to do everything for them. Well, therein lies the catch. (laughs) The leadership asked them to uh, investigate reports of basically droids behaving badly. And so they go and investigate. There are a couple of cool scenes where, you know, at first they are just kind of searching the planet. Next, they go and talk to Ugnots, which are supposedly maintaining these droids and are performing maintenance. And Dinjar and kind of looks at Bo-Katan and is like, no, 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 I got this. You will help us. I've spoken. And so he's, you know, recalling, recalling his conversations and his interactions with Quill. And so the Ugnots agree to help them. They basically say, we think that the next incident is going to occur here. They go, they find the bad behaving droid. They take it out on the droid. They find, you know, a chip and the chip leads them to somewhere else. The chip leads them to, a, uh, a droid bar, as Din Djarin calls it, the resistor. And what they find is, is that the droids are just as upset about these incidents that are happening on the planet as well because they know that as ex-separatist droids, so battle droids, you know, out-of-date astromechs, out-of-date protocol droids, uh, you know... They know that if things keep going this way, that they'll probably be replaced or sent off somewhere. And so the droids help. And what you find is that the droid bar, while not serving any kind of drinks, does serve what they call, I think it's Napathrin or something along that line, that is basically a way for them to update droid protocols. And so I kind of envision it as like, it's the firmware bar. It's where you go to get your firmware upgraded. And as they kind of continue to track this down, they go back to the battle droid that they had uh, taken out and find that what is happening is that someone in the government is working off books and providing these updates to the droids to lo and behold, 
It's Christopher Lloyd who's causing the problems. He is a former separatist. There's a He has a lot of actually pretty solid dialogue as far as, you know, calling back to other things that Dave Filoni's worked on, like Clone Wars. In fact, Bo-Katan mentions, I haven't seen Battle Droids since the Clone Wars uh, as part of all of this. And so, again, I think that they... It's not that it's bad. It just felt forced. And it felt like... This was the first episode and hopefully the only episode all season where that was the case. And you know, if they if you're going to if you're going to force an episode, not a bad thing to have cameos by folks like uh Jack Black and Christopher Lloyd in it because while the adventure felt forced and this is my least favorite episode of the season, it's still not a bad episode. And I would still take it over some of what I'd call like the filler episodes in season one and season two of The Mandalorian. Now, where they save everything in this episode, though, is the final like three and a half, five minutes. And what we get is Bo-Katan challenging Axe Woves for basically leadership of this contingent of Mandalorians. And a pretty cool fight scene takes place. Lots of good action. Lots of good Mandalorian tricks. You get the flamethrower. You get the, the whatever, the rope, the steel rope. You get flying. And there are some really cool, like, jetpack-initiated drop kicks that they pull off in this. And it looks fantastic. And it's great. And eventually, Bo-Katan, best axe woves, has the, the knife to his throat, has the dagger to his throat, and... Demands that he yields. And he really doesn't, but she treats it as if he does. And she lets him up and basically says that we have spilled each other's blood too long. There are others out there. We need to band together. And, you know, gives the good leader speech. To which Axe Woves responds, you haven't even won the Darksaber. You haven't even been able to claim it from him, pointing at Din Djarin. At which point, Din Djarin confirms exactly what I said, except I didn't realize that it was happening in the moment and that that would have counted. But in the episode one or episode two spoiler review I did, I said what was going to happen was that Din Djarin was going to be bested by someone. That person was going to take the Darksaber and then Bo-Katan was going to beat that person. What we find out in this episode is that that's already taken place. When Din Djarin went to explore the mines of Mandalore, he was beat and captured. His captor separated him from the Darksaber. Bo-Katan came and rescued him and claimed the Darksaber, defeating his captor. Din kind of recounts this to the Mandalorians and then says, Is the Darksaber not hers by right? They all kind of look, and they all kind of nod, and Din hands the Darksaber back to Bo-Katan. And Bo-Katan, with the Darksaber, now is not only the ruler by right, but is the ruler by creed and by tradition, in terms of she has won the Darksaber back. And she did so by just being a good Mandalorian, just being a good quote-unquote person. And so what I think we're driving towards now is retaking Mandalore, although that's part of the where I'm confused. And so if somebody else out there can, can help me out, shoot me a message, drop a comment on the video, or hit me up on social media at the Geeky Coach, 
what's the occupying force of Mandalore right now? Like, what are they going, who do they have to retake it from? Like, I know there were some, you know, shady characters in the mines or on the way to the mines. There were droids, some other weird creatures that I don't know if they actually got name or not. But that doesn't feel like something that you need an army to go take. It feels like you just kind of need to resettle and kind of clean things up. So where I think it's going is what we're going to find is that who is either controlling those droids or who is also trying to retake Mandalore is going to end up being uh, Moff Gideon. And so I think that with the, the hints of the Imperials here and there, I'm going to be a little disappointed that it's not really built up that way. But I think when the Mandalorians go to retake Mandalore, they're going to find an Imperial contingent and it's going to be led by Moff Gideon. And we're going to get maybe round two of Bo-Katan versus Moff Gideon with the Darksaber. And I think we'll also get the answer of, you know, where was that Beskar armor? Whose Beskar was it that was lodged in Moff Gideon's ship? And maybe, maybe what we'll find is that Axe Woves and the the mercenary Mandalorians are actually the ones who freed Moff Gideon for a paycheck. And that's how we'll kind of bring everything full circle. And I'm not sure if that means that uh, Axe Woves will betray Bo-Katan and the rest of the Mandalorians, or if it's just going to be a, yeah, we did this because we were, we were out for the paycheck. And so... I do think that we're we're heading into either the final two episodes, I think. So next episode, we'll probably be setting up kind of the big battle in the following episode, assuming that they stick to the, you know, six to eight episode formula. And again, not my favorite episode of the season, probably my least favorite, but still a good episode and still a good Star Wars story. And so with all of that, do us a favor. If you like what you're hearing here and you want to hear more content, I've been thinking about doing a Star Trek series recap. Uh, the first of which would probably be a season recap for episode, or season three of Picard, but maybe doing episode by episode recaps of Strange New Worlds or whatever else they come out with. Um, but if you're interested in that kind of stuff, do us a favor. Subscribe to the Foolproof Entertainment Network here on YouTube or subscribe to the Do Fools Agree podcast if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, those kind of things. And with all of that, peace out, fools.